Hey, welcome to Off Air, the weekly Australian podcast where two media professionals, Nick Stewart and myself, Tim Rubin, who have worked pretty much everywhere, TV, radio, digital media, pull apart our top three favourite stories of the week. Is this what you're doing here? I just wanted to interrupt one of these. How's it going? Get out of here. This is the intro that I'm All right. Well, what are we talking about? Okay. This week, we're going to be talking about International Women's Day, your responses from the Facebook group, Burger King winning the award for the worst marketing attempt that we have ever seen, and the Taylor Swift slut shame fight with Netflix. So many of your responses from the Facebook group off-air podcast community. Let's get into it. What is our mandate? Tim Rubin. It's super creepy to reanimate somebody's dead father for their birthday. Nick Stewart. I really leaned into trying to get radicalised by ISIS. You're listening to Off Air. I believe it's this. Tim, the program's working. If you're you're just joining us now, yeah, we tried to record yesterday and uh, it didn't record. So, like, do we acknowledge it? Do we do the same banter that we did yesterday? Sussing each other out before circling like sharks before we take a bite out of the stories? What do you think? I don't know why you had to make that sound so mysterious. We were, I gave you a compliment yesterday. Yeah, look, let's relive it. This is this is just awesome. Do it again because I want listening. it I want it on record. And it was very nice of you. And um I'm gonna cut this audio and make it my alarm. Um or my ringtone when you call. Go for it, Nick. Give me my compliment again, please. <laughs> It was it was semi backhanded because I was just mentioning that you on Instagram, Tim Rubin, uh, live a life where you do a lot of things, mm-hmm. and it is quite annoying for people like me who don't do a lot of things because you're constantly out there doing shit, and I don't know how to ever match up to it. And recently, you started doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and it's something I wanted to try for about the past six months, and I eventually got to the point where I went, I, I got a little. Uh, envious of you that you just jumped straight into it because it was something I was beating myself in my head about. And then I went, you know what? The reason Tim is so good at throwing himself into situations is because you have a lot of experience at doing it. You constantly are throwing yourself into them. And the only way to get comfortable with being uncomfortable is by doing it. And you're very good at that. Thank you. That was my confidence. That's very nice. I appreciate that. So you are now three days after your first jujitsu class. How, How are you feeling? Are you, are you on the up or are you peak sore? I am. It's interesting because my body feels okay, but where is sore is my neck. I have neck soreness yeah. and like upper jaw soreness yep. from having a grown man put his forearm into my neck and push down on it violently until I lose consciousness. <laughs> it's real. It's it's so real. It's so physical. I'm only like, I told you yesterday, I'm only like six classes in, so I'm still really mm. learning the ropes. But what's really fun about it is um, it's so tactical and it, it's such minute details about where your hips are, where your weight is, where your hand is, this, that, and the other. So you're really like playing a game of chess, but the loser gets choked out. So, <laughs> which maybe more people would play chess if um, if they had higher yeah. stakes. Um, uh, but no, I'm loving it. I, lo- I, I I'm going back tonight, actually. So cool. It'll be fun. Um, I am probably also going to a class later on tonight. So uh, maybe at some point down the line, if we are ever in the same city, we can do a class together. I have a compliment for you as well, seeing as that's what we're doing. A few weeks ago on the podcast, you, in your Nick Pick, which is our recommendation that happens at the end, you recommended eating um, or, or trying the meat-free options in Woolworths mm. or Coles. And um, 
I watched the documentary Game Changers and have been thinking about uh, attempting a more plant-based diet. So I'm doing a little trial for a couple of weeks. And I've been doing that. I've been eating those meat-free options and removing animal products from my diet wherever I can. And it's it's been really interesting. I do recommend exactly like you said. I had a, a meat-free chicken Kiev the other night and it was delicious. I don't know if because it's meat-free, it's actually healthy. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. That's my only hang up on the alternatives is just the amount of preservatives in them. Mm. I think you meant to go there and then migrate to just chickpeas and lentils yeah. and things. Getting your protein is the hardest part, but it is great, especially if you're someone who uh, has a sore stomach or struggles with digestion. Just try it for a little bit and see if it makes you feel better. Oh first. boy, Nick, I have no problems with digestion the last week and a half. Let me tell you, it is. Um, so I've changed gear. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know how much information I want to share with people right now. What but, are you doing? Two a days? Three a days? Oh, Where are we? I'm at? doing two a morning. I'm like, wow. Yeah, it's all happening. Anyway, that's incredible. It's too regular. Firm? Uh, <laughs> that, that is where you know your body becomes a soft serve machine you go to the toilet more but you use less toilet paper it's weird i don't i don't you know story number one so it's an interesting week this week nick um because we had international women's day and often this day is a day of huge celebration and revelry focusing on uh the wonderful successful women in all of our lives and this year i think it actually had a different undertone because literally at the same time as we were celebrating this day we also have a minister on paid sick leave after being accused of rape, a prime minister who's currently supporting him, a female minister who's the only person in all of this who's actually lost their job. Um, and we're currently sitting at four other sexual assault stories coming out from the current government in the last couple of weeks um, with new sub stories just coming out every single day. So before we get into this, how did you feel personally on this International Women's Day? Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm going to say some controversial things here. So I'm a bit nervous about saying this, but I'm just going to be open and honest because that's the point of this podcast. First of all, I thought it was really good because I, I, I personally saw a lot less uh, like keyboard warriors from men going, when's International Men's Day? I feel like after this has been publicized for the past few years, there's a lot less of that. Yeah. The second thing I would say, which is probably an unpopular opinion, one thing I did feel was that there wasn't a lot of discussion and it's always a great opportunity to look in our own backyards, mm -hmm. but there wasn't a lot of discussion about the plight of women internationally. Yeah. Okay. Uh, why do you think that is? Because so much terrible stuff is happening at home? Yeah, but it pales in comparison to the things happening in other countries. I mean, if, if you want to look at women's rights in general, mm -hmm. Tim, the Australia is still as much as criticism as you want to call. Mm. Uh, and I, do, and this is not me being like, well, fucking you should look in, you know, you think you've got a bad here. That's not me saying that at all, but there are serious, serious issues with female infanticide. Uh, there's serious issues with a lack of women's rights. Uh, the serious issues with women literally just being kidnapped and sold into sex slavery. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I don't think gets highlighted a lot on International Women's Day or in general. And I, and it was just something where I went, oh, you know, it would have probably uh, been a great platform to maybe promote some of those issues. Okay. That's just my, interesting. That, that, 
just my thoughts, yeah. So um, I wanted to do something different for story number one today. Um, we are a podcast obviously hosted by you and I, two guys, and um, I wanted to uh, share this section of the podcast with our listeners and hear how women are feeling this year. So I put a question up in our Facebook group, the Off Air Podcast Community, and I just said, what are the biggest issues facing women in 2021? And we got some great responses. So instead of tackling one big story like we normally do for story number one, I wanted to just have a discussion about some of the different listeners' thoughts. So is that cool? I've got some prepared for you. Let's do it. Okay. Let's ex- let's explain women's issues to we're them. We're not going to do. Be, no, that's not what we're going to do. No, content. we're going to discuss it. We're going to discuss it. Um, <laughs> this is from Simone, which I really liked. Um, Simone wrote, "I'm struggling lately with raising boys. How do you make sure they feel supported but not entitled? Explain to them that although they haven't done anything to cause the gender gap, they may contribute to it in the future if they have success." How do I teach them they are allowed to be assertive and determined, but at the same time, not let that be at the detriment of my own gender? How do I give them everything they need to succeed without making the problem worse? I thought that this was a really interesting problem, and it wasn't one that I had given much thought to before. There are a huge number of problems going on in the world right now, and if you are a woman raising boys like Simone is, who commented, how do you go about that? What what comes to your mind? It's a, it's a really hard question to tackle, man. Uh, I think, you know, it's always about teaching respect and equality for everyone and, and all types of people. And if you do that, um, it, it, it is going to resonate uh, across, you know, and just trying to make people allies. You know, when it comes to the gender pay gap thing, it's I don't think it's a man's fault if he gets a job, but at the same time, uh, you know, they should be an ally. And if they are doing the hiring, then there exists mm. opportunities for them to ensure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think you're totally right. I don't think that you should ever not apply for a job or apply less hard um, mm. and go, well, there might be other people that are more deserving. I think that you need to be ambitious in your life and your career but when you do start to then have that power that your gender may help you get, you then need to be really intelligent and really discerning about what you do with it. And I think that that's the greatest mark. The other thing that I would add uh, that I, yeah, I don't know. The, the thing that comes to mind when I read Simone's comment is um, there's a wonderful study that uh, Harvard did on parenting. Um, in the early 2000s. And I think about this study very, very often. And what they did was they wanted to study the relationship between different parenting factors and how much their children would read books. They used that as the measurement. And they found some really interesting things. One of the things that they found was there is almost no relationship between the amount that you tell your kids to read and the amount that your kids will actually read. There is no correlation between that at all. There is, however, a huge correlation between the amount that you read and the amount that your kids then go on to read. And the, the lesson from that is, and I'm not a parent, but I, this is if I become a parent one day, this is something that I think will be paramount in my mind. The lesson is kids don't do what you tell them to do. They do what you show them how to do. They don't do what they are told. They do what they see. And so for, for Simone, or actually in, in mine and your life, Nick, I would say that you and I are both 
we consider ourselves to be allies. We, we definitely actively involve ourselves in these gender-based conversations. And I would say that a lot of that probably comes from the fact that we have really strong, successful women in our lives as mothers and, and, and then later in life as partners. So mm. I would say for Simone, don't be afraid to be that strong female role model and let your boys learn from what you do and the, the path that you walk. That's my Absolutely. No, I think it's great. Actions speak louder than words. It's also why we should all play golf in front of our children because if either sex, if they get into golf, it's just money. Oh, have you seen the Tiger Woods documentary? Did you watch that, by the way? (laughs) The dad literally set that kid up in a high chair in the garage in front of like a golf net and he he just swung, he just drove, just hit the ball hours that was him babysitting that kid and the kid grew up to be the best girlfriend in the world so i think you're and one of your most emotionally stable advocates for women's rights that the world has ever seen <laughs> oh, <God>. so, <laughs> win that win, win. um <laughs> another comment that i liked was danielle who wrote double standards is an issue mama mia took over their website with headlines that would normally be written about women and replaced them with images and names of well-known men to show just how ridiculous they were um one of them was, is something wrong? Fans say Walid Ali should smile more. Um, Josh Frydenberg shows off his ample assets in revealing business suit. And how does, Jern- how does ScoMo juggle it all? Fashion, family, and foreign affairs. Did you see this on Mamma Mia? I didn't see it on Mamma Mia. I saw it in the Facebook group. Uh, and, you know, thank you again to everyone that contributes in that group. It's awesome. Uh, great headline. Hilarious. 100% true. It's, it, you know, the double standards are always incredible. And it always baffles me, you know, that, that we uh, hold on to these stereotypes around women's appearance mm. and the fact that they need to be the primary nurturer in the house and the primary worker. You know, it's something that Sweden tackles a lot better. When it comes to um, uh, paid parental leave, Sweden has a fantastic philosophy. I think from memory, you can get half pay from the Swedish government and take up to 24 months off your job, regardless of sex. And it's actually, because in my life, uh, for the betterment of my family financially, it would be me taking the 24 months off to, to raise our child. Like my, my fiance far out earns me and has a far better career prospects. I think it'd be the same in yours as well. It hundred percent would, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, but it's nice to see that that government over there, uh, the Swedish government has adapted to the fact that men and women both work these yeah. days, men and women both have to work. And quite often the woman is the primary um, breadwinner or the primary earner in the household. And it is, uh, respected more and it doesn't matter what her thighs look like or what, what clothes she's wearing or you know whether she's forgotten to put makeup on today mm. so yeah it, it's definitely an issue and definitely double standards are a massive issue i love that mama mia um did this i love that mama mia highlighted this i thought that it was i i, I mean it was so stark as soon as you saw it simply with male names it was so shocking um, and, and that's, I mean, terrible that it's so revealing and it's also sitting there right in front of us. What I would also say is potentially hypocritical because I'm sure that Mamma Mia also shares and creates articles like that. And the last thing that I would say is, um, so many of these types of articles are targeted towards women as well. So I think we as a mm. whole, um, need to do better with our clicks. Uh, we vote every time we click on something. That's the way that media companies earn money nowadays. So if we as a society just choose not to click on those awful articles anymore, 
even if they're so enticing, um, then companies are going to stop writing about it because that's the only reason why they do is because they they get clicks. It's exactly right. And they're written to outrageous. Mm. Like they're playing on our most base uh, emotions that I think all of us would like to say that we would like to do less of is be outraged or be annoyed or want to get a rise out of someone looking or being worse than us. So, you know, you're, you're hundred percent right. The last comment that I wanted to read out, um, this totally surprised me. And this was written by Grace. She wrote, um, the attitude towards women's health problems, particularly around believing women, um, when they are in pain, March is also Endometriosis Awareness Month, which affects one out of 10 people assigned women at birth. This is when tissue similar to the lining of the uterus is found in other places in the body. And it's mistakenly called a menstrual disease because one of the most common symptoms is debilitating period pain. But it is, in fact, a whole body disease that has been found in every organ of the body. It's also classified by the NHS in the top 20 most painful chronic illnesses and a recent study where they uh, spoke to people who had endo and had given birth showed that 75% of participants found endo more painful than childbirth. Endo is more common than asthma and diabetes, yet so much is unknown. It's completely under-researched and underdiagnosed. Um, diagnosis on average takes between 7 and 10 years because people are simply not believed when they present with pain and other symptoms. I'm proud International Women's Day aligns with Endo Awareness Month. That was Grace. Totally surprised me. Did you know about this? Yeah, I have a very close personal friend uh, and she uh, suffers extreme pain from endometriosis. Uh, and, 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 but also it, it creates a horrible cycle because it, it she suffers it, uh, I don't know where the right place you'd say, but it is going to affect her ability to have a kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, and her and her partner are really good, um, friends of mine and they have had to plan their lives around having a child at a certain point or alternatively freezing eggs. And both of those are going to create extreme financial pressure on them because a, they're financially not ready to have children Mm -hmm. in their early to mid twenties or B, you know, it can cost a minimum of $50,000 to start that IVF cycle. And especially when she's in her early twenties. So it is, it's something I am really familiar with and it's something I have nothing but um, the utmost empathy for. And, and she's a hundred percent right. It is something that needs more publicity. You know, when you think about the fact that it is more common than diabetes, uh, it definitely deserves People deserve to have more knowledge about it. I don't know how you then go on to, you know, um, uh, to support it further. I don't know about, I don't know enough about uh, what government support it receives and those types of things. I think it just Um, needs to be, I think it needs to be present in more conversation. And I think that um, we as a society need to get over the ick of female problems I think so often people don't want to talk about it. They think that it's icky or whatever. And these are things that 50% of the population experiences and and a huge percent of the population experiences um, endometriosis. So, yeah, I love that Grace shared that with us. I wasn't aware of how prevalent it was. Um, and I'm happy that we get to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. I saw uh, recently uh, Ash London popped up a story. Ash London's a fantastic advocate for human rights. She's also on the same network as me in a far greater capacity. Um, 
but she put up say, saying something that we need to change the language and call periods periods and call the menstrual cycle the menstrual cycle and do a better job of teaching it. I finished top of my class in biology uh, on the menstrual cycle. I just want to point that out. I got 28 out of 30. Um, How do you remember that? <laughs> well, because they were like, guys don't usually do well in this. And I don't know why I did. But, um, but yeah, I agree completely. I believe language should be language in general. I love the English language and I'm a firm believer that a penis should be a penis, a vagina should be a vagina. And, you know, it, all these things should be these things because when you're fluffing them up or changing them, it, it does sort of decrease the knowledge around them. Yeah. And we have a biological right to know these things and know how the human body works. Story number two. Tim, you're in marketing. You're a marketing whiz. I wanted to bring this story up. Uh, now, do you might remember some of the massive marketing fails of the past few years? You might remember when Pepsi tried to solve uh, race rights by using Kendall Jenner. She did. They didn't uh, try. I think they succeeded. Didn't they? See? <laughs> they did solve race riots. Kendall Jenner walked through a race riot crowd and gave somebody a Pepsi, and that was and th- yeah. And then there were never any more race riots that happened last year. <laughs> That's true. That, no, you're 100 right. Uh, another one of my favorites was when Susan Boyle uh, released an album, and they went with the uh, uh, they went with the hashtag Susan Album Party, which turned out to be Sus Anal Bum Party. Oh, God, um, <laughs> but one has <laughs> one has <laughs> happened on International Women's Day. Burger King, the geniuses over there, mm-hmm. have got together and decided. You know what? It'd be a powerful message. Uh, only 20% of chefs in the world are female and they mm. wanted to increase that number, which I think is a very admirable thing mm-hmm. by offering apprenticeships at Burger Kings and incentivizing it further for women to get involved oh, in God. that. A, I don't really know if you learn a lot in a chefing apprenticeship at Burger King. <laughs> no, I've actually interviewed some top chefs before um, and uh, heard about apprenticeships under People like Jamie Oliver working yeah. around the world, working at incredible farm-to-table restaurants, um, mm-hmm. learning the culinary arts and learning about the importance of fresh produce. I've never once been in an interview and heard somebody say, I want to thank Burger King for giving me my start. No. Where's no, this going? Absolutely not. Well, they thought, you know, how would you as a marketer, Tim, how would you spin that? How would you push that into a positive uh, message on International Women's Day that you're sending out across the world? Yeah. um, The way that I would spin that is I would take that um, document, I would save it to my computer, and then I would take my computer and throw it out the window (laughs) (laughs) and and just let it get run over a bunch of times and never discuss it again. Well, that's not what they went with. Instead, they sent out a tweet in the UK. And had print media across the UK and uh, America, which obviously they couldn't stop in time, that just said, women belong in the kitchen, full stop, on International (laughs) Women's Day. (laughs) How? They forgot forgot the barefoot and pregnant part, obviously. (laughs) Oh, God. Stop it. How did... So... Okay. uh... (laughs) I just... I just... Like, I love the, I mean, people make mistakes. Yeah. Like I make mistakes. You make mistakes. Everybody, everybody in their day-to-day life does silly things. What I find amazing is when corporations, I don't have the number in front of me. I'm sure that there are thousands, if not tens of thousands of people that work for Burger King. And there would be thousands of people or hundreds of people that are involved in the marketing department alone. How Mm -hmm. a 
fucking stupid idea like that gets brought up at a meeting and everybody, there would have been dozens of people that that would have gone through, graphic designers that all would have just scratched their head and said, okay, how does that happen? Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, Okay. I have no, I, I think a broken chain of command is the answer and a very bad advertising agency who have almost certainly just lost an account. Yeah. Now, in fairness, they have issued an apology, Tim. I'll read it out. Please. Uh, so they got, they said, we got our initial tweet wrong and we're sorry. <laughs> we decided to delete the original tweet after our apology. It was brought to our attention that there were abusive comments in the thread and we didn't want to leave the space open for that. No, that is the no. biggest cop out of a fucking response. <laughs> it's ever. not because of the. You can't say that you opened it up. What to other men saying yes to people agreeing with your statement? Don't blame it on the fucking comments. Like the, the only <laughs> abusive comments they should listen to is from the women and people out there saying that this was the most deluded 1950s backwards. <laughs> this is like when they tried to say that smoking with filters is healthier. It's <laughs> unbelievable. So what's, I'm still a little bit lost. Okay. So they, so, so did it just say women belong in the kitchen or did it say? No, initially I'm sorry. Okay. You can't, I can't I'm, see I'm, it. Can you... Medium. you can see it. It's just a tweet. It just says the words women belong in the kitchen. That's and it. And then they followed it up in the comments and, oh, no. uh, with the whole 20% of women uh, chefing. And we want to see more, more women get into chefing. Uh, so we're offering up incentivized apprenticeships for women to get involved in chefing at Burger King. Burger King. Oh, God. I, no one wants to be a fucking chef at Burger no. King. So first of all, you're pitching to the wrong crew in general as humans. Second of all... Don't come out with a ridiculous eye-grabbing statement. It's like we were talking about in the first topic with Mamma Mia mm-hmm. um, shifting the headlines. They thought they came out with a very kitsch, cool, clickbaity way to get people drawn into the message. Slapping someone in the face with a fish and then telling them that fishing is ruining the ocean is not the way to get the message across. <laughs> Oh God! Have, uh, what's some of the backlash like that they're getting now? Is are there are there a lot of no none none no everyone's cool. With people it. are cool with know. it. Cool. Okay, yeah, 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 it's been fine. Hey, what do you think the backlash is? The majority of comments are just people. I I did like um, <laughs> that KFC. Yeah, uh, yeah. KFC came out and uh, they said that you should probably delete this. That's all KFC That's commented it. on it with. And then Burger King fired back with, are you sure you don't want to get involved in this message as well? Yeah. So. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Subway, I think Subway could potentially harness this for next year's International Women's Day and just go with make me a sandwich. Oh, stop it. No, of, don't even 20%, make it. 20%, don't even make 20% it. of women are only involved in in working at subway restaurants. Yeah, yeah isn't it terrible? Like I th- I just think it's out- outrageous that we live in a culture where um the idea of any publicity is considered good publicity. This has nothing to do with people going through the door at a Burger King restaurant it's not even if they were doing the right thing even if you you deleted that tweet and you just had the chef whatever it was statistic that doesn't have anything to do with the sandwich i think people are just trying way too hard people yeah 
Okay. It's but, but it's also just we'll move on to story number three. But it's also just you and I have both worked in corporate marketing. Mm-hmm. It is, and you know, there's a lot of good books on this. It is, for the most part, an overprivileged circle of people perpetuating messages who all think they're fucking geniuses. Yeah. And I think it's a prime example of this falling over as usual. Oh, God. <laughs> Story number three. Nick, have you seen the Taylor Swift documentary, Miss America, on Netflix by any chance? I know this may come as a surprise to you, Tim, but no, I have not. Well, is it good? <laughs> uh, I've got, I've got, it's not great. It's okay. But I've got sad <laughs> news for you. You can't see it anymore on Netflix because it's been pulled. Why? Yeah. So Taylor Swift is currently in an argument with Netflix and she has been drawing some really interesting lines in the sand. And this is the third story that I wanted to get into today. So Mm. um, at the same time, there is a TV show on Netflix. It's called Ginny and Georgia. It's basically a modern day version of the Gilmore Girls. It's about a 15 year old girl called Ginny and her mum, Georgia. They live in America. Um, It obviously has two women as leads and the show's creator is a woman called Sarah Lampert. In an episode um, that dropped quite recently, the teenage character uh, made a joke insult to her mum, and she said, what do you care? You go through men faster than Taylor Swift. That's an exact (laughs) quote. That's exactly what she says. Taylor Swift has responded with a tweet, and she is very unhappy. She said, hey, Ginny and Georgia, 2010 called, and it wants its lazy, deeply sexist joke back. How about we stop degrading hardworking women by defining this horse shit as funny? Also, at Netflix, Miss America, um, Miss Americana, this outfit doesn't look cute on you. Happy Women's History Month, I guess. <laughs> Netflix hasn't publicly responded. Taylor Swift has pulled her documentary off the platform. Wow. What do you think? Good on her. Oh, okay. I think it's fantastic. What's the Miss Americana outfit bit about, though? I'm a bit confused by that bit because isn't that her then just also perpetuating a lazy? Uh, no, I think her. I think her documentary is called Miss America. So she's just oh, referring so to. Oh, so she's saying that as in, yeah, right. Documentary doesn't I get look, it. So Netflix doesn't look good on her. Oh, well, that's even more yeah. clever. Look, I've always, I'm not a massive fan of Taylor Swift's music, but that has nothing to do with being able to respect someone as just a creative powerhouse mm-hmm. who has uh, always fought for her own rights. And I agree with everything she says. I mean, she is the butt of a shitload of jokes. She has always been scapegoated by the industry. I mean, for a long part, she was just the punchline of a a Kanye West asshole episode. So, you know, and what she's gone through with Scooter Braun uh, and taking control and ownership back of her own music, which I think is another fantastic thing she's done. Um, So more power to her. And she should have every right where she chooses to put her stuff. And if they are going to be lazy and attack her for having a dating life, which I think is overblown in the first place. Like she's, you know, regardless of who you fucking want to date, yeah. you're still a human being and you don't deserve to have a joke made about you. So yeah, more power to her. So um, well this is not uh, slut shamey. This is me just telling you. Uh, Taylor Swift has had eight public relationships in a period of about eight years. She's been with her current boyfriend for a little while now, but previously... Um, she went, uh, not in this order, but Joe Jonas, Calvin Harris, Tom Hiddleston, John Mayer, Jake Gyllenhaal, Harry Styles, Taylor Lautner, Connor Kennedy. And because they're all such big names, they were all very big in the media. Um, do you think that that joke is slut shaming? 
No, but I do think it's lazy. Um, and I do think that it's, uh, you know, it's obviously something that she's sensitive about. Mm -hmm. And I think that you can make funnier jokes. You know what I mean? You could make a funnier joke without, uh, degrading one of the biggest female stars in the world who, who seems to fairly consistently push out a message of being pro, uh, women's rights. Yeah. It wouldn't, wouldn't you, wouldn't you just be able to like, Yeah. Make make an easier joke. Make a make a joke that doesn't necessarily have to be hurtful. So I think that uh, I think yeah, I think that it's not a particularly hilarious joke. But I think it also raises an interesting question because uh, the Ginny and Georgia show is obviously fiction, um, mm. and I think it raises the question: Are fictional characters allowed to be flawed and allowed to do flawed things? So let's say we take Taylor Swift out of this. Just just Taylor Swift as a person out of this whole scenario. Yeah. And we say, are fictional characters then allowed to slut shame? And as slut shaming is a real thing that exists in the world and is something that characters in a fictional landscape would deal with, as would real people have to deal with, um, would it not then be appropriate that characters reflect that in a TV show? Yeah. Um, uh I'm going to, I think you are intentionally playing the contrarian and I appreciate it, but I think you could uh, break down any problem yeah. and overanalyze it well, without seeing Ginny and Georgia no. and having no idea of the quality of the show. I would suggest it's not exactly Taxi Driver and I don't think it is one of the more impactful or meaningful pieces of literature over the past 50 years so in that does because yes you're 100 right there should be uh, american history x is a great example of a movie with extremely mm -hmm. flawed characters that represent big parts of the population is that what you think Ginny and georgia were trying to accomplish with this i just think that that should be i, I think that it's very interesting and i think that it raises the bigger question of can pieces of art reflect moments or reflect society, even in ways that are potentially ugly. And even though we say, yes, we don't know about Ginny and Georgia, and I'll be honest, I haven't seen an episode of Ginny and Georgia, so I can't comment on how good it is as a show, but it is a show being led by women, being created by women. As a side note, uh, the actor that plays Ginny, the teenager, is an actress uh, by the name Antonia Gentry. Um, she is a woman of color as well. It is a progressive show that deals with real life issues and challenges. And she's actually come out with a really interesting statement. She's put quite a long thing on her Twitter and I've chopped it up for you. But this is what stood out to me in her response. As someone who grew up feeling voiceless and unimportant and who did not see herself reflected on screen, uh, Ginny Miller was finally a reprieve. Finally, a character who is just as confused and imperfect as I was gets a chance to exist. Ginny Miller, though fictional, is a character who reflects all of life's contradictions and imperfections. She is a character among many in the show who implicate us all. She shows us our own biases, prejudices, and injustices. She makes mistakes morally, mentally, physically, emotionally, and not just with herself, but within the broken world she lives in. And I think that that's a really interesting point. She references that Ginny exists in the same world as all of us, even though she's a fictional character. Taylor Swift exists in that world. And the idea of slut shaming is something that teenage girls have to deal with. So does anyone call her out on it in the show? 
Uh, I know. Does she ever go through a period of self-reflection and then come to some groundbreaking realization that uh, pushes her forward as a human? Uh, I don't believe that that happens. So, so she's just being a for the sake of oh, being. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I'm being honest. Like you can justify anything, man. As I said at the start, you can talk down anything, and it's all well and good for her to put up this statement and cry progressive well also, also this is from the actress also this is from the actress so she didn't write yeah. it and she didn't have a choice in saying it but so yes you can point out bad or flawed people mm. but they have to be recognized as bad or flawed people and I, it doesn't sound like she is an anti-hero in this and it doesn't sound like she goes through any sort of reckoning where she realizes that slut shaving is poor. No, I don't think she goes through so, anything about that line in particular, but I think the show itself, and again, look, neither of us have seen the show, so we're taking shots in the, in the dark. Yeah. But um, the show is about this teenage girl figuring herself out and figuring herself out, out as a woman who exists in the world. Yeah, but Taylor Swift has a right to put her content wherever she wants. And if she feels like it was a cheap shot, then she has the right to pull that off. I'm not saying cancel the show. I wouldn't watch the show in the first place. <laughs> but, but what I am saying is good on Taylor Swift for not buckling to corporate pressure, which is, I think, something that has implicated a lot of people in trouble in Hollywood and made them feel like they have to go along with it. I mean, that was essentially the crux of the whole Me Too movement and why Harvey Weinstein got away with so much shit for 20 years because women just thought they needed to be quiet about this to further their careers in Hollywood. So it's kind of cool to see Taylor Swift as a strong, independent female and a massive advocate for female rights go, you know what? I'm not just going to leave my platform on Netflix. I'm not going to leave my documentary on Netflix because it is the biggest platform in the world. I have enough power and I have enough audience and I have enough control over my own brand to be able to go take it somewhere else if I don't agree with the other stuff being put on by this. That's an interesting point. I think, look, I think power to, I think kind of the point that you're making is she has, she has the right to do whatever she wants with her documentary. Yeah, and, that's all. And I would agree with that. She does have the right to do whatever she wants with her documentary. I guess, the flip side of that is um, there's a quote that I really like. It's by a philosopher called Elbert Hubbard. And he said, to avoid criticism, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. And it's a it's a quote that can really go both both ways. When, I think when you first hear it, you think it's saying, well, I should do nothing. But actually what it's saying is, if you do things, there will be criticism. And if yes. you exist at the level that Taylor Swift does... And it's a huge level. She has sold millions of records. She has made millions of dollars. She has won a number, uh, dozens of awards, Grammys, etc. There is going to be an element of criticism that you are likely to face. And some of that, I think, needs to be accepted. I don't think that it's slut-shamey. I think that it is a progressive show acknowledging something that exists in the world. Um, I think that she has the right to pull it, but I don't know. I don't think that she... I think she's probably being a bit sensitive about it. I think that the show can exist. Do you think that that, because what I would say to that is, yes, we all cop criticism, Mm. but don't we also have control of how we respond to that criticism? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And to me, while you feel that that Taylor Swift response was quite a a, strong strong response or a defensive response, Mm. To me, that tweet from the main actress reeked of being incredibly defensive. 
And instead, she had the opportunity then to say, oh, look, I know I didn't voice it. Uh, you're right. It was a pretty lazy joke. I wasn't trying to make you feel that way. Instead, she's gone on the offensive as well. So I think it's a situation that could have been all round handled better and all round handled with a little bit more sensitivity from a bunch of people that suggest that they're progressive. Yeah, I think that that's a good point. Nick Two of my favorite modern soulful artists. I love soul music. Oh. I love Motown. And two of my favorite modern soulful artists, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, have teamed up to create a collaboration called Silk Sonic. Uh, so far, they've got two songs out, which is the Silk Sonic intro uh, and Leave the Door Open. Both are available on Spotify. Um, it is so good. Go listen to it. It's incredible. Okay. Bruno, I mean, Bruno Mars is amazing. Uh, and Anderson Pack is one of my favorite artists. So I like your, really good. I always like your music recommendations. Um, what was that one? <laughs> Eat. Toby Nagui. Uh, I don't remember how I say his last name. Eat the song. Um, Toby Nguano. Nguano. Oh, <laughs> yeah, great. great. I love that recommendation. And um, I still listen to that song and that guy's music a lot. So I'll have to check this one out. My Nick pick for the week. Have you heard of the Zane Lowe interview series? Do you know about Zane Lowe? Yeah, yeah. Zane Lowe's the considered at the moment the best music interviewer in the world. I uh, he's incredible. I've been living uh, under, he's the face of Apple Music. Yeah. I've been living under a rock somehow. Didn't I've heard the name Zane Lowe? I don't know from where. Mm. I'd never looked into him before. The Zane Lowe interview series. You can get it. It's a podcast series on anything Spotify podcast, uh, your podcast app, whatever, wherever you listen to yeah. us, you'll find him. Um and he's this uh, Kiwi music journal who, like you said, he sits down um, with just incredible music artists and has really great, um, deep, real, honest conversations. They go for roughly 60 minutes each. I've had a listen to a couple, but I was just flicking through the ones available. Billie Eilish, Justin Bieber, Kings of Leon, Will I Am, Paul McCartney, Mariah Carey. It, it, it's really great, really awesome interviews. Um the Justin Bieber one is awesome as well. It's amazing the way he he's clearly part of these artists' world. Yeah. And he's able to relate to them on a deeper level than just getting a 20-minute chance to interview them on the radio. Well, because they don't, they're not promoting anything. I, yeah. I, whether they are actually promoting something, whether they do the interview when there's an album or something, but they're not discussing any type of promotion. In the Justin Bieber one, like Justin Bieber cries like a couple of mm. times um, when he's talking about the hardships that he's been through and yeah i i'm maybe i'm late to the party but i'm enjoying it a lot check that one out one of my favorite sayings of all time uh which i learned early in media was treat regular people like they're famous and famous people like they're mm. regular and you'll always have success and i think zane Lowe is a great example of someone who has mastered that mm. art to the nth degree so i agree completely he is an incredible he also hosts his own radio show on apple music he was he was the launch piece of uh, Apple radio. Cool. And he, he's also, I, I don't know if I said it before, he's Kiwi. So he's actually, yeah, yeah. He's nice to listen to. It feels relatable compared to that, you know, oh, we're here with Justin Bieber, like that super American, super salesy. Yeah. It just sounds like a guy sitting down, chilling. He's like, hey, I'm Zane Lowe and I'm hanging out. Hey, Justin. I've actually <laughs> been told. I have a slight passing resemblance to Zane Lowe. I don't know what he looks like, so I don't know. Ah, well, you're looking at it. <laughs> um, 
All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, if, you, if you're still hanging with us, then um, you can join our uh, Facebook group. It's called Off Air Podcast Community. Uh, we talk about the main stories each week in the group and we love your involvement. That's what makes the podcast work. Uh, and if you've got a second, drop some stars or a review on us wherever you listen to us. Uh, we'll get a little notification when it happens and we'll, we'll be very happy about it. And we'll probably text each other. We'll be like, hey, how good's that? <laughs> Cheers and we'll catch you next week. I just want to apologize to my mum for using the C word as well. It was I'm, we might bleep that everyone's out. mums. <laughs> Shakespeare Shakespeare used it. My That's mum, <laughs> Ellie's mum, <laughs> Hannah's mum, well, any of the mums. You've been listening to Off Air. Remember to like and subscribe. People are entitled to their sexual proclivities. <laughs> <laughs>